Tampa podcast. Diving, diving deep, deep, diving deep into all things Texas, both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast. Welcome, welcome to Utopia. All right, let's get into the mailbag. Get HOD mailbag at gmail.com if you want to you want to get in with any any questions. I've got a handful of them here. We'll get to them. Some of them are asking about the podcast itself, which we will certainly get to. A lot of you passing along notes, and I'm going to forward these to John McClain or at least convey them next time I talk to him that uh, you guys sent in a lot of nice notes to him. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll pass that along because, as you guys know, I always enjoy doing the podcast with John. Um, all right, so let's get to a few mailbag questions. Chris in the ATL, frequent emailer to the show. Um, he said, your take on the Texans moving up a level in 2024 against better quarterbacks got me thinking. Those quarterbacks are also playing a more seasoned C.J. Stroud, who's shown he is clutch. Other than Mahomes, Allen, and maybe a revived Aaron Rodgers, I'm not sure I'm taking any of those other QBs over Stroud in a two-minute drill. And I think next year there will be a lot of close games due to the tougher schedule. Which 2024 scheduled opposing QBs are you picking over Stroud to win a final drive game? Okay. Um, I would take Stroud over any of the three quarterbacks in the division, Trevor Lawrence um, and whoever's starting in Tennessee and Indianapolis. I'm guessing it's Will Levis and Anthony Richardson, but who knows? <laughs> as far as the other games go, they cross over with the AFC East. Um, I think Stroud's right there with Josh Allen as far as like clutch situation. It's honestly, as I think through all of this, rather than going through all the teams, I think the only one that like, Patrick Mahomes is the only one that I look at and go, man, probably a better, probably a maybe a higher clutch gene than CJ Stroud. I know they play Lamar Jackson. Um, I in a two-minute drill. I'd rather have CJ Stroud than Lamar Jackson. I'll listen to Josh Allen. I gotta see Aaron Rodgers first before I before I say that um I would take Aaron Rodgers. I gotta see what he looks like with this uh with this Achilles. Sorry, scratchy throat from four hours of uh, four hours of radio and now a solo podcast. Um, but the, yeah, not you. You laid it out, Chris. I mean, he CJ Stroud is right there. And if you watch CJ Stroud at the Pro Bowl, man, it was wild watching guys gravitate towards him. You know, if you're a Texan fan, I think you got to be really excited watching CJ Stroud in that Pro Bowl and see the way the guys really gravitated that throw to Jamar Chase, um, CJ Stroud, D'Amico Ryan's. I think to a lesser extent, Will Anderson, huge selling points in free agency to guys coming here. Um, Chris also says, on a personal note, all the best to John. Going to miss his great sound bites on the radio. My favorites, well, sorry. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. And then not going to happen. Uh, Chris, we still have those hotkeys. John may not be with the station anymore, but I don't think he has any sort of licensing on his hotkeys. So we'll still play those in memoriam to John McClain, who is not dead, by the way. But um, we are we will memorialize his radio career at six ten from time to time via hotkey. All right, Jeremiah and Stafford. Um, I'll miss John, but I know he probably wouldn't be able to answer this question because he is sworn to secrecy. So, Sean, do you think Andre Johnson breaks through in the Hall of Fame this year? I actually do, and maybe I'm reading into things a little bit too much, but I know that John. When um, when he was wrapping up with Odyssey, he wanted to finish up his last week, Wednesday and Friday shows with me and Seth. And then the Friday, obviously, Wednesday and Friday with me and Seth and then Friday with the afternoon guys. He wanted to write his final columns. And I also know John had mentioned, like, 
if Andre makes the Hall of Fame, he wants to be able to write that post as well. If Andre makes the Hall of Fame. So I know John couches it as if Andre makes the Hall of Fame, but I'm going to totally read into that. And this is totally my opinion. And I know nothing. I'm going to optimistically look at it through the prism of, okay, is this John's smoke signal? Is this the white smoke we've been waiting for that Andre Johnson is getting into the Hall of Fame? I'm choosing to believe that it is with no knowledge that it is. I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I think he's better than Reggie Wayne. I think he's better than Torrey Holt. I think he's better than Steve Smith. I think he's better than any other wide receiver who's eligible to go into the Hall of Fame right now. And we know that sometimes these Hall of Fame things don't turn into who the five best players are. It turns into, okay, who are the no-brainers? And now what are three positions where we need to kind of get rid of this log jam that we've got here? And I think wide receiver is one of those positions where they've got a log jam right now. And I think it'd be a shame to alleviate the log jam by picking a lesser player just to get them in ahead of Andre Johnson. To me, you go in when you're supposed to go in. It shouldn't be one of these things where you're sitting with a number like you're at a deli waiting for somebody to slice your meat for you. Reggie Wayne should, when the ding happens, like, all right, who's up next? Reggie Wayne shouldn't be able to wave like number 32 while Andre Johnson's sitting there with number 33 in his hands, you know? Andre should get his sliced meat before Reggie Wayne gets his and his cheese and any other products he chooses to get at the deli. He's the best of these wide receivers. Just my opinion. All right, Joe Q, frequent, frequent emailer, long-form emailer to the podcast. Joe Q, just so you know, I'm sorry I can't read your emails in their entirety on here. I do read them in their entirety myself because they're very smart, um, but they're very long. But I'll, this one was good. I figured I could bring this one on. Um, when Bobby Slowick leaves, the Texans should not promote Gerard Johnson. This is what Joe is saying. Instead, they should find an OC who will never be a head coaching candidate, either because of age, Gary Kubiak, or because he face-planted in a previous stint as a head coach. And he mentions Anthony Lynn, Ben McAdoo, Todd Haley, ugh, Freddie Kitchens as examples, not specific recommendations. Okay, so you're just bringing up examples. In order to build long-term stability for CJ, uh, Joe's worry is that Gerard will have huge success with CJ and D'Amico and get poached after one or two years. And the disruption of an OC revolving door is more trouble than it's worth because it might cost you attention span at a critical moment in the playoffs. It's an interesting thought. I'm not overly worried about it. Um, I think I just want the best guy for the job at the time. Here's the, here's the big thing for me. I think you got two things going for you here, Joe, that I would, this would be my counterpoint is that one, I think D'Amico Ryans is a serious planner. In other words, I think D'Amico Ryans has a long list of guys that he knows of to go to if, Bobby Slowick were to have left. I think if Bobby Slowick and Gerard Johnson both were to have left this coaching cycle, um, I think D'Amico would have had somebody, one or two people in mind ready to go that he felt was capable. And he hired those two guys. And 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 I, I think there is something to hiring in any walk of life, not just coaching, but in business. Hiring is a skill. And I think early on we've seen D'Amico Ryan has a pretty good, a pretty good inkling for what makes for a good assistant coach. I thought this staff does, did a nice job of developing guys this year. That's number one. Number two, I, I think you have a quarterback who, if there's a, if there's a line that you would draw and you say guys above this line, um, you know, the guy, the guys above this line are uh, not, I don't want to say churn proof, but I think CJ is of an acumen and a demeanor where that type of churn at OC, I think is going to have less of an effect on him than it would on most quarterbacks. I think he's very mature. And I think he's very smart. And I think he's he's trending more towards being a, an extension of an OC on the field right now than he is somebody 
who must have some sort of hardcore mentorship in, in uh, to get the best out of him. So that's, that's my feeling on that. All right. A few more here. Um, this is from Matthew Kaseki, loyal listener. He said, I'm very excited to see what the future of the Utopia podcast looks like. I really hope it's not ending. I believe there are lots of people who listen and plenty to make it worth doing a few times per week. Um, I love doing the podcast. Um, I, I will say this, that we are um, looking at bringing in another co-host here. It's not, I don't think it's going to be a solo thing forever. I think we're probably just mucking through this here for a few episodes because I'm in Vegas, haven't had a chance to vet some folks that are that are wanting to do this that have the time to do it most importantly when you say make it worth doing a few times per week that's a big thing it's got to be worth doing for everybody involved um so that's a big thing i do appreciate the comments I, there are more and more people listening i know that our numbers have gotten better and better um as the texans have gotten better and better and probably as the podcast got better and better too um and james has been a big help with that our producer in terms of getting out the video snippets and things like that that's been a huge huge help so the podcast is going to be here it's not ending, um, but what it's going to look like and sound like moving forward is still kind of a work in progress. So appreciate everybody's patience. Hopefully you're enjoying me just chatting and talking about that, talking about things um, here until we uh, get that all figured out. Two more. Again, mailbag at gmail.com if you want to email. Um, Mark sends this in. I feel like we've gotten this question before. Um, Texans are nominated for four awards at the honors. Who's Who do you think is getting awards? Um, what's the over or under total? I feel like we've answered this one on like five straight mailbags um but we get new listeners all the time so i'll answer it again cj stroud will anderson D'Amico ryan's bobby slowick all nominated for awards offensive defensive rookie of the year for stroud and will coach of the year for D'Amico, assistant coach of the year for slowick i think they win one i think cj wins his i think will finishes second i think D'Amico finishes second and i think bobby slowick finishes fourth or fifth for assistant coach of the year i think bobby slowick merely making the five finalists i think is a huge huge feather in his cap last one. And this is one in the spirit of the Super Bowl. I probably could have done this one early in the podcast, looking at the Super Bowl through a Texans lens, but I love stuff like this. Nolan C says, I guess they have 10 players in the head coach with risers on opening night at the Super Bowl. And that is true What the risers he's talking about are like those podiums. You see some of the players you see Mahomes, Kelsey, Kittle, Brock Purdy, the big names, they have podiums, you know, and they're above the crowd because they draw such big crowds for their, sessions every other player you can just go grab they're walking the floor and you can grab them and go talk to them but the big names have risers so it's 10 players from each team and the head coach assuming uh assuming the texans made the super bowl this year who would the texans 10 players be that would get risers and opening night i love stuff like this so basically who are the 10 most relevant houston texans in a in an opening night setting a media a media session setting Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And I think we're assuming it's the version of the Texans that um, that would have made the Super Bowl, which means you got a few guys injured. Like I think, I think like Jimmy Ward and Tank Dell for sure would have been two of them, and maybe even Titus Howard. But I think it's only healthy players that do media at the Super Bowl, guys that are going to play in the game. So let's look. Let's attack it from that. If they had made it this year, 
Um, I think the no-brainers are their three pro bowlers. C.J. Stroud, obviously. Will Anderson, no-brainer. Laramie Tunsil, no-brainer. Those three would make it. I think the highly li- I think there's four that are highly likely. Um, Stingley, like highly likely to the extent that they're probably no-brainers as well. Stingley would be one, even though Stingley is very, very dull in a media setting. Grenard would be one for sure. Jonathan Grenard. I think Dalton Schultz and Nico Collins as well. So I think those four are almost practically no-brainers. Um, so you got three left. And I think among the three left, I think the team would like to think Jalen Petrie would be one that they, I think the team would actually make Jalen Petrie one, even though he's, he's had a bad year. Um, they view him as one of the faces of the team. If you ever walk into the stadium, there's Jalen Petrie posters and, and, and big murals and things like that. Not just him. There's other guys too, obviously, but he's one of the guys that they really market front and center. Some of that has to do with him being from here or from Houston, I should say. Um, so I think Jalen Petrie would be one. I don't know it would be deserved, but I think he would be one. And then I think the other two come from some combination of Malik Collins, Sheldon Rankins, Shaq Mason, Devin Singletary, and Christian Harris. And I would say there's two left. We've already got an offensive lineman there. I, we need one of the two interior D linemen, especially because that's D'Amico's baby is the D line. So let's go Sheldon Rankins. And then we've got one left. And I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go Devin Singletary, leading rusher on the team. Not a great interview, but I'm gonna go him. Shaq Mason, Christian Harris, you're also receiving votes. And actually, um, I would replace any of those last few guys I just named with Damian Pierce just to hear him talk. Damian Pierce played zero offensive snaps in the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken, maybe a couple snaps. Damian Pierce should be doing a podium anytime he can, anytime he's that good. So, but that's how I would structure that. I love questions like that though. Appreciate you, Nolan, on that. All right. Um, We are done. We're out of time. I got to go play blackjack. All right. I got to get some stuff done and then go play blackjack and go eat some Italian food tonight. I'm going to be back on Thursday doing this podcast, likely solo again on Thursday, but should have a lot more good stuff here from Las Vegas. In the meantime, if you, um, if you want to send an email, mailbag at gmail.com. You can send those in, and we'll continue to do um, mailbag episodes here on the podcast. So for my producer, James Jackson, I am Sean Pendergast. We are out of time. Click that subscribe button. Always appreciate that. Appreciate you guys sticking with the Utopia Football Podcast. We'll see you live from Vegas later this week. Have a great day.